Oh yeah, so this is going to be a little little education or education, as it were, on uh, the processing of coffee and specifically on natural po- processing because I'm finding it's it's something that we don't see as a standard consumer of coffee that most places aren't going to be serving coffees um, or actively brewing um, natural brewed, not brewed, naturally processed coffees. And that could be with honey um, or there's a whole bunch, but honey's like been pretty popular. It's kind of like the cool thing I've, I've been seeing on the, as it were, um, the um, quote specialty coffee. And I guess to sum it up for you, like in this few words as possible, that there are going to be coffees that are generally sweet, sometimes mostly like florally or herbal, not herbally, um, fruitiness or having those tones of like fruit and stuff. And they kind of are like, they feel sweet. I know it's, it's kind of hard to describe this in words um, because, right, your, your tongue will taste this and you'll be like, oh, that's what Clavi was talking about. Um, but I, I really want to take a chance to specifically talk about these because it's something that you just, you'll never get to try at, like, a regular coffee place. I mean, places may be offering it as a pour-over, but, right, it's not something you would just, like, randomly find at, like, Starbucks, Dunkin', or, like, 7-Eleven. It, it's just not in the realm of standard coffee like that, right? Starbucks is never will offer coffee like this. It's it's too, um, I don't want to say polarizing, but it's just too different from what you're used to as, like, quote, you know, coffee. You know, like, when you get coffee, you're coming in with an expectation of, you know, roughly what something should taste like, and yeah. Naturally processed ones, they're um, they're very different. I found that people who have have a fair amount of experience with coffee can taste the differences and be like, "Oh, this does taste different." Or people right who are who are into coffee, like into you know, there's a whole spectrum of that. The point being, right, like you're familiar enough with coffee that you can kind of taste stuff and. You can tell this is something different, something unusual. And then depending on, like, your experience and, like, what you're used to drinking, like, oh, like, wow, this is something, this is really good, this is something different. Um, right, and also good is so subjective to what, you know, each individual drinker will prioritize in their cup of coffee. So, right, you could love this kind of taste whereas i'm just like yeah this is a cool thing to have you know as a nice like you know maybe afternoon little drink it's fine maybe a little better as a cold brew but right like some people could be like no not for me i i want my like nutty like full body coffee and this nonsense it's a bit more uh, fruity and uh you know a little sweetness no 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 this ain't gonna be no for me mm-mm-mm but um, I have become more familiar with these because I have a, a monthly subscription that maybe like every other month they include one of these um, from, you know, one of the plantations they they do um, work with and, you know, supporting the natural, um, not natural, but, you know, 
helping farmers to like sustainable, you know, work, good coffee and, you know, blah, 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 eco, whatever, um, whatever that means. Um, cause do we, do we really know what that means at the end of the day? Like, not really. Like when Starbucks is like, where eco, blah, 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 or, you know, is it, you know, really as a consumer, do we really know what that means? No. I mean, we can hope things are being done the right way. Um, but, um, right. Bigger picture is, um, hmm. Right. Like if we can support these smaller farms or, you know, just farmers direct more directly, they can keep supplying us with good coffee because, you know, we want to be able to drink coffee till we're, you know, old and gray, um, you know, kind of old men or women just like, back in my day, I remember when we could be drinking coffee for $2 a cup. Now it's $8. I mean, that could be us in like, let's see, 50 years or so, maybe more. But, um, yeah, natural coffees are, um, they're different. They are, um, right. Usually like it deals with, um, after the bean is harvested, they're going to then let the, the beans like sit in something or dry out or, you know, do something to get the fruit off the, um, the coffee bean. Um, cause like as a quick reminder, uh, when coffee is harvested, it's harvested as the as the coffee cherry, and as you might imagine, right? We we don't have fruit when we're, we have our coffee bean. We're like literally using the bean, so you have to get that that fruit off. And there are right mechanical ways that we can like process the beans and get off, and those would be like more processed ones. But when you do a natural um, processing method, um, that's right. We're just, uh, using the most natural ways to get the seed off, whether it's like drying it off and then, you know, harvesting the beans from that or letting them sit in like honey or something like that or water and letting that kind of help get the, the skin, the skin, the fruit off. Um, so yeah, it's also, I think kind of interesting part, right? Cause I don't really, you know, you don't really walk into a coffee cafe and they're like, yes, yes, sir. Uh, we're going to be teaching you about that coffee processing today and that how the coffee is uh, gotten ready from after it's harvested for you. And then we're going to let you know how it's going to be processed after that. Cause right after, after this part, right. Then you, you actually have the bean and then from there, right. Those beans are sent to well, down the road, right, to the roaster who then does that magic of roasting the bean, which then, right, has prepared it for, for consumption. So, yeah, I, th I feel like this is kind of, like, going to be more of an informational one. Uh, we'll blurb on that because, yeah, it's kind of thing that just, like, it can be glossed over. And since most places aren't going to ever, like, even you know, offer these kind of coffees or have this kind of like explanation, you'd have to Google it and you, you can Google it, but I feel like this can help. Like, you know, since this is part of my like MO of educating the people on the coffee and, um, encouraging people to, you know, find coffees they enjoy and like, and have fun with, uh, that's, um, 
that's something to look out for. And I know I didn't have a cool intro with this one. I know, I know. It's sort of like a bonus episode, so bear with me. I know, I was just in the mood to educate you because it's a new month. Why not include a little extra something for the people? Because, you know, summer's almost over and why not learn a little bit more about coffee? Uh, I guess the only rant I'll include at the end of this now, because now we're at the end, uh, is that... I had a toddy cold brew at home thing, and the glass thing just broke one day. Don't know how that happened. I, it was like I've had it for a couple of months, but it just sort of like broke. I would still recommend it because like it's obviously toddy's like one of the best cold brew uh, equipment makers, you know. So I would still recommend it. Uh, they also did email me back saying I could, you know, send them stuff and they would take care of me. I just haven't gotten to that. Um, but before, before this, so I don't know if because like I wasn't changing temperatures too vastly, um, but I guess it's a good reminder that if you're using glass things for your cold brew uh, to be careful uh, or just any equipment, you don't want to unnecessarily break it. Um, AeroPress is still working just fine. The... Uh, the pour-over thing I got from Starbucks, because of ease of use, you can set the water on the thing on top, let it drip. Uh, you don't really have to think about it as much, so that's been good. I got, like, a $5 one on Amazon. That one was not so good. Like, I tried it once at my friend's house, and it just poured the coffee really weird, and somehow the coffee would, like... It just came out tasting not so good. Um, consequentially, I did sort of forget that one at my friend's house so i haven't really used that or experimented with it so that's like i guess good um i've honestly had the most success with the aeropress overall um because you can like modify its stuff and like you know essentially make like quote americano style coffee um and it'll it's honestly it's not really gonna taste that much different from like just brewing it as like you know we would drink coffee in america uh, and you can also like alternate the strength and you know having that modification i've well i've also found to be like the most forgiving um i haven't really done any french pressing recently i always like to recommend it um it's um just maybe a little time-consuming, really, to, to properly do a good French press, or what I would call good. Um, so maybe I'll do that tomorrow morning to up my game. Um, honestly, I would just suggest, like, f there's so many ways you can brew it. Honestly, it's it's not going to taste that different. It'll taste slightly different, but honestly, I wouldn't worry about it. Like, there isn't one, like, best brew method. I guess the second part of today's TED Talk that... However you brew the coffee, it's going to be good, like, minus, like, I guess the machine. Like, because I, I, I have to, like, you know, be like, don't use the machine, right, as, as the coffee snob that you know, right? I have to sort of, like, fill that role in your life. Like, if you use one, it, obviously, it's not going like, to taste horrible. It's just, right, like, I don't think it'll necessarily taste as good, you know, because 
part of part of making coffee is like the heart and soul. Um, different conversation, different thing altogether, of course. But you know, I mean, I wonder if that's why Starbucks coffee is like sometimes it doesn't taste that good, right? Because no one's really putting their soul into it. Or even Dunkin' Donuts, like especially Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It's like it's not even coffee. It's like like hot bean water or some like some like hot bean soup. But that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's a good good uh, food of thought to leave you with. Can how the food or drink is prepared affect the taste? Like obviously, yes, but like more in like the the care and attention to like the coffee, the whatever. Right, is this part of why like fine dining is like so like good? Because it's like there's a bit more of that attention to caring for the food, the drink, the experience, the you know, attention to detail, which I will forever you know remind you is a part of the Japanese culture. And obviously, it's part of me as well. I'm not saying those two are um, related facts or not, but as you can tell, they might be. I don't have a quote to go with that, but make of it as you will. Maybe pay more attention to the coffee you're drinking when you get it from 7-Eleven versus like if you start brewing it yourself and maybe it does taste different. Or maybe it tastes different from someone like, let's say like you wake up and like your like person like made like coffee for you. I don't know, maybe, maybe it tastes better. Or maybe it tastes better when you make it. Or like, I don't know, when you make coffee for your friends, they're like, oh my God, the coffee's so good. I mean, my friends do tell me that when I make coffee. Like, not not to lie, but, like, they could be trying to, like, boost my ego. And that's okay. I'll allow it. I, I do like my ego being boosted. Goosted? Boosted. Um, it's okay. Like, I don't let it go out of control. It's, it's you know, part of the give and take of, you know, social interactions, especially as a, a service person. You, sometimes you give. Sometimes you take. Sometimes you make a joke. Sometimes they don't laugh at all, and you're just like... I just wasted my best material on this guy. Actually, that's going to be a rant now. I make the funny jokes, and the people don't even laugh. They don't even, like, snicker. Or I make a funny little, just a little little sprinkle. A little sprinkle, and then they're, they're just like... Just, like, just standing there. I don't even... They're sitting there in their car. And I'm just like, bro, like... At least laugh at my dad joke. At least laugh. I mean, I could just be boring and not friendly at all, like pretty much most baristas. Not saying that most baristas are, but you know, most people are just like, whatever, like, I, I just don't want to be here. And, like, that's fair. Like, Drifter is like, okay. Or, you know, customer service is okay. And then, like, oh, I've cracked these jokes, and people are just like, it's like talking to a wall, or like, they don't speak English. And it's like, oh. Uh, what did you want, a frappuccino or a cappuccino? Oh, he. This time, this these days, I usually just assume frappuccino because you know summer. How many times have I made a cappuccino instead of frappuccino? Too many, too many. But um, I'm saving my best material for you guys, the undying loyal fans of Clavi and Mochi. I know, I know. I'm letting you get. I am letting you get to Mochi's head because he is my mascot and. 
he is giving out autographs too now. I know. I know. Who would have thought that becoming a barista would transform a hedgehog into a maniac? Anyways, until next time.